You ready, Chris? You ready, Ben? Let's get it. Man, let's get it, man. Welcome to the Follow Then Lead podcast. Yeah, on strength, I never thought I'd be on this side of any type of interview, but this is kind of cool. I will say this. Oh, yeah? Word, like... You've never interviewed anyone? I never have. So this is a first for me, so... Let's do it. Let's do it. How you doing today, my man? I'm good. It's a good day. It's a good day? I hear that. Yeah, this morning I woke up. It was like intention, like with the intention to run. Okay. So the rest of my day would be good. Like, because I knew that we had a lot going on. I was like, all right, let me get those endorphins out. Like, because there's days when I don't work out and my days just kind of like... Man. Emotionally, yeah, it just goes through, man. But when I do run in the morning, I hate it, but I feel so much better. So see, today, I ran this morning. There you I go. ran two miles, and I feel pretty good. You see, I'm trying to be like you when I grow up, because I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, where's my coffee? And that's, <laughs> I look like the curb keeper. It's a problem. Um, what's going on, Ben? How you feeling this morning? How you How are you doing? How's your spirit? Yeah, my spirit is good. I feel pretty good, you know, just staying focused. Staying clear-headed, not trying to get too deep on, like, what didn't work out, what didn't happen in life, but just stay focused on, like, the goals that we have ahead, uh, who I want to be and who continue uh, to mold, you know? Not so much, like, who I've lost in this process, but more so, like, who I have gained and who I will continue to gain and the impact. So, yeah, I feel pretty good with that and just not getting too, too caught up in the things that, didn't work out you can and can't control i hear that yeah i'm a, actually i want to build off of something you said there uh because let me introduce you who i'm speaking to right now is ben baines okay the one and the only founder of follow then lead pod and this is your host again julian baines and i'm just here to talk to my mans so let's open this up right quick real talk what what made you think Follow and lead. Let me bring this to the people. Um, it just came to me one day. I really was trying to figure out for like a couple weeks, you know, the idea. I called Chris. You know, I called a few people like, yo, like, this is like, this is what I'm trying to do. It was just like a, like a revelation one day, you know. And so I'm calling people like, all right, this is what I need to get going. I need to get started. So I just was like getting started with the idea, having conversations how do I get going? And um, and then it was like, as the process was c- continuing, even we started recording and didn't have a name. And, you know, it was just like praying and trying to brainstorm. And so it was a lot of like evolution, evolution of man, transition of manhood, you know, just these trying to like come up with a name that wasn't too cheesy or corny. But follow then lead just kind of came. Yeah, it just, I don't, I can't, can't even speak to yeah, you. I can't just... even say like how or why. It just I just started looking up like leader, something like that, and then it was just like followed and lead. So there was different like variations of it initially, but followed then lead came like okay because we couldn't use this other variations. Followed then lead came naturally. See, I, I like that. I like that because conceptually to me it just makes sense. You can't do something until you know how to do it. You gotta follow somebody who is a leader to 100%, become a leader. Hundred percent. And I think for me, this all came from like, I guess my life realizing that, you know, I think we'll go into it. Yeah, we'll go into it. But, um, I mean, let's let's do that. Okay. I I want to better understand the why behind the pod. So I I got an understanding of what brought follow then lead up. 
But why do it at all? Mm. Uh, it basically stemmed from my life, and I know we'll get into my life a little bit, but uh, just realizing that, you know, when I was a 15-year-old kid, you know, my stepfather dies, and I'm thrust into manhood, you know, quote-unquote, and I'm told that to be a man from, like, my stepbrother at the time, like, that, you know, I can't show emotion, I can't, you know, I got to be the man in the house, I got to take care of my family, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the image that I was given was I had to know what it was to be a man. Cause in my head, men knew what they were doing. So now that I'm the man, I got to know what I'm doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I didn't know how I didn't know anything. I'm 15. You know, I'm an <laughs> adolescent. Like if I look at a 15 year old now and they're going to act like a man, I'm like, boy, relax. <laughs> you don't know. It is okay not to know what you don't know. So I go through life. You know, trying to put on this front like I knew what I was doing, didn't know. Men trying to help me along the way, wasn't really too receptive to it because I'm supposed to be the man. Like, you can't tell me how to be the man because I'm supposed to know. So, like, subconsciously, that's how I moved throughout my life. And then, like, you know, with therapy, you know, realizing that I need help. And once I learned that I needed help just in life as a person, you know, then it was like, okay, as a man, I need help. How do I learn how to be a man without learning from a man? So then I started to ask the men around me, like, yo, how did you deal with this? How did you deal with that? How do you deal with this? Emotionally, how do you deal with that? And the one thing I realized that a lot of men aren't naturally just going to talk to you. And so just be just because I was so curious or maybe I just looked desperate. <laughs> I don't know. But they just showed their willingness to help. Well, express their life. Like, oh, okay, this is, I've been through that. This is how I did it. This is, you know, I've been in situations like that. This is how I've, so I'm like, all right. It started to really help me even through therapy, you know, to grow. And even as internally, it just really helped me to evolve. And so it was like a dawning moment for me one day was that we need to have a podcast as the initial step for whatever we want to do, but to really bridge the conversation with men and expressing themselves uh, about their life experience. So then young men learn that we don't always know and that we're learning along the way also. Um, I really hope Keenan Ivory Wayans does not sue me for this, but message. All right. So, <laughs> but with that said, you did mention uh, that you went to, you went to your elders. Uh-huh. You took their wisdom. Tell me a bit about some of these elders. Were they people that you were raised with? Were these uh, members from your childhood, from your adulthood? Like you said, you were a young man, but give give me a bit more context with that. So your question is now me reaching out to my elders. What was my? Well, in your description, I guess I want to better understand who were these men that you reached out to? Okay. Uh, It was a mix of everybody. Mm. I was just seeking for the truth. I needed to know answers. So it was every man that was like in my influence, I felt like I could trust. I'm going to you. I need to talk. That's real. And like I needed it. I felt like a sucker, but I was pushing myself through it. Like I needed to do it. And it was things that I got that I never got in a way. So like when I finally, like my uncle was like the man to me growing up. Like to this day, I'm like, I go to my, that's my, that's my guy, you know? Cause I've known him for a long time. He's like still young, 10 years older than me. So like he was always cool. And so I always would go to him for like different things. 
but I, I didn't go to him in a place of like vulnerability. And so now that I'm doing it, it was like he had a chance to pour into me in these vulnerable moments. And when I would be like, yo, huh, man, I'm really struggling with this. He'd be like, hey, you're a man. Like you need to know that you're a man. Like that you're man enough for every in any situation. And like for me, that was like when I look back, that was like I felt empowered after that conversation. Like it really did. Like I felt like I was fueled because I never got that. And so to get it from somebody I had already looked up to, that was like powerful. That's huge. And then it was just my uncle, uh, my stepfather before he passed. I was asking him questions. I have mentors around. My therapist is a male. And then uh, yeah, people at work. You know, I was willing to just open up and be like, bro, I'm struggling. So, yeah, it was just a mix of people I had all around. So let's do this um, because I want to get to better know who you were and that kind of growth. You see what I'm saying? Because you started at one point, you ended where you are here and you're still growing. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of track that. Who were you in your childhood? What formed your childhood? Let's go from there. Yeah, that's a great question. I, man, my childhood, we have similar, we have our same father. Um, I don't remember a lot, anything. I mean, I was two when my parents divorced, or I, my, my, our father divorced my mom. Uh, and so I don't re really remember it, but I just knew growing up, I knew who he was because he'd come in periodically. Mm. Not that we spent time, but he was supposed to come and never did. You know what I mean? And then I think it was a certain age where I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm not playing this game. Because I didn't want to keep being let down. And my sister kept going. And I would always be like, yo, don't go. Like, what's the point? Because you're going to, I kept saying, you're going to be let down. Like, you're going to be let down because he's not coming. Um, but she did get to experience him different than I did. Or even maybe you did. Um, but yeah, so then I had my stepfather growing up till I was about 15. Um, and then he passed. My grandfather was around, you know. So my stepfather's family was like my family for a long time because my mom didn't really have me around either side of my family. So our father's side, I wasn't really around, around periodically. And then my mother's side, I didn't really see my cousins there or my family on that side either. So I grew up a lot with my stepfather's family. And I knew they weren't like my family, but they, it felt like a family. Um, and so I had a lot of friends growing up. Like, life was consistent for the most part. And, you know, I didn't really have any issues, but me and my stepfather clashed a lot, you know. He was really hard. You know, he was really old school, you know. He passed when I was 15, and he was 50. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mom was, like, in her 30s, so he was older. So he was really rigid. Like, he didn't, it was no affection. It was no emotion. It wasn't no hanging out. It wasn't no one-on-one -on -one conversations. And he was just hard. He was like that with his own kids. Um, and so he was, he was, um, yeah, he'd be like slap me upside my head. He'd make fun of me. He'd call me like Benjamina. Like he'd belittle me. Yeah. Stay away from your mom. You know, what, what are you up under your mom? What are you little, you know, little girl? Like he'd get on me about that stuff. And it, that affected like who I thought I was as I grew older, you know, because I'd be like, damn, am I man enough? Because the source for me was my stepfather giving these voice into me, questioning me. Now I grow up questioning me. You know, it's crazy. Bro. And then so he dies, I was 15. You know, we start bouncing around 
Massachusetts, you know, moved from like Malden just to the city, to Brockton, out to Holyoke where I finished high school. Um, and my grandfather died, my mother's mom, father, he died when I was 17. And I was starting to spend a lot of time with him and he passed. Uh, and then so all the sources of my, you know, manhood was gone, were gone. And so then now I moved out the house at 18 as soon as I graduated high school. Cause I'm like, yo, I gotta go learn how to be a man. And I can't learn here because it's only that I need to take care of my mom. So to go back, like I was 15 and we moved to Holyoke. I think I turned 16 and I started to work. It was either work or play sports. I wanted to play football, I couldn't. So, so I started working. So helping pay bills, helping around the house. Like, you know, you have to do what you have to do. And so, uh, yeah. And then so then when I became, you know, I was working all up until, uh, to this day, since I was 16. Uh, and then so like in my 20s, it was just trying to figure out, learn myself, you know, figure out life, who I am as a man, chasing all these different things to try to define me. So with that said, because you touched on a lot in your explanation of, you know, your childhood coming up. And you already kind of touched on a point I wanted to ask about, about how that voice was formed. Mm-hmm. Since then, what have you, how have you, I should say, dealt with that voice? I mean, that's a great, great uh, question. I think one thing I want to touch on too is that the state of vulnerability. Mm. You know, I you know was introduced to sex by a familiar source when I was um, twelve. Okay. You know, through my stepfather, through all of this, right? Uh, and it was like a forced situation. And you know, she was older, whatever. I didn't really know at the time, you know, I'm a kid. I was just being forced to do something, knowing I didn't want to do it. But, you know, it was like a secret. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think with the voice from the stepfather being like, you know, you basically like I'm not man enough, then to having experiences where now this is what is defining manhood. manhood. So now I have to. And then you go through life, through your teens, you're learning from your boys and people around you like that. Okay, you got to chase honeys. You got to get the cat. Um, you know, how many notches on the belt? You know what I mean? You learn, and then you're watching these music videos and movies. Like, you know, and so then you start to do all these things. Knowing I didn't want to, you know, I just didn't, wasn't strong enough because not that many images I had of that. You know what I mean? That consistent man that was just there for his family. I was just being driven in a direction where I guess to repeat the cycle, mm. you know, early of like, say, our father who was uh, a man of many women, you would say in one way. But then I, basically through my experiences, I'm driven in the same direction, not from the same source problem, but just through life. I'm falling in the same footsteps, thinking that I'm going to be Breaking different. Cycle. Yeah, thinking that I'm, oh, I'm going to be different. But I'm actually, because I'm angry, because I'm mad through all of this stuff, my father not being there, my stepfather, these experiences, friends having to work, not take care of my, and 
and take care of my family and not just be, you know, I was just angry. And I couldn't really express my anger because I was, you know, it was that you can't express it in aggression. I used to fight a lot. And then I can't express it through emotion because I was just never showed. So then how do I ever express anything? I don't because then I was reinforced as a man. You can't express your emotion. So all of these things to this day, I mean, and then you live as a young adult and you have these experiences where, you know, especially in dating, women want more from you, mm. you know, and I was constantly being asked for more where I couldn't. I don't, don't know, know who it, I am. I don't know, know it looks how like. to. I don't know what it looks like. You can see it on TV, but that's not tangible. I can't talk to that person and figure out how. So then I'm not just, I'm just not doing it. This is what manhood is. You know, accept it or not. Like, what do you want from me? I became hard too, you know, because I can't be soft in expression. I had to be hard. So then those were my examples of man. Like my grandfather was hard. My stepfather was hard. My uncle's kind of hard. So I'm going to be hard. Like, what you want? That That's just what it is. That's what it is. Like, but then like, I didn't want to be hard all the time. So I was constantly in this tangle or this battle internally about who I wanted to be and who I felt like I was raised to be versus what I was shown, you know? So how did I, how do I grapple with it? How do I deal with it? I mean, I think throughout my life, I was constantly in search for the answers. I was constantly in search for the truth in the midst of all the nonsense. Uh, and it all came to a head just with therapy, you know, really. Uh, so I would say a relationship really uh, started the awakening, you would say. Okay. Um, you know, she was in uh, school to be a therapist. She was a, she was a, trying to get her PhD and all that. And it was a very short-lived relationship. It wasn't long, but it was probably the most impactful because it was, I had to see outside of myself. And I was being challenged in every area of my life. And I was so afraid to move forward because I just didn't know how. I couldn't express myself. She needs me to express myself. She wanted me to, but I'm afraid. So I just pull away. And then me pulling away is the same thing I've been doing. So then I'm like, oh, why do I keep doing this? What, what, am, I, what am I afraid of? So that started a long process. It started a long process for years of me trying to figure out myself, analyzing myself. Why, why, why? And then I start therapy. therapy and he's like, well, you've done a lot of the research already within yourself internally. Now, how do we get you over the hump to make the change you want to make, to be who you want to be? You know, so that's been my experience with therapy is getting, letting the voices go and being okay with self. And then moving in a power that uh, exists in me, people see, but I don't see. You okay. know, because I see I'm the little boy in my head, afraid, you know, I hear the voices, you know, I got to be this way, I got to show, you know, I got to be cool, I got to fit in. Uh, and so that's how, I guess therapy has helped me grapple with it. And the more I've, you know, communicated and asked questions, the more it's helped me to get to this point in life and feeling okay with myself and the more I've done this the more and reinforcement I've gotten from others especially men to say yo you're doing a great job yo I'm inspired by you yo I'm proud of you you know like man like okay this is the work that's necessary it, it's hard 
to look in yourself, to make changes, to not be the status quo, to fight and be who you want to be, is really hard. But if you want to have love for yourself and actually make the changes to change the cycles, then you have to do hard work because, you know, you, they say that, you know, for us, we have to fight. We have to fight our own demons, right? People say. But if our parents never fight their demons, their giants, we have to fight their giants, and then we have to fight our own. So we're in a war, whether we like it or not. It just depends on how, what state of war do we want our children to be in. We want them to be set up to just deal with their demons, you know, and have an environment. Yep, and have an environment where they're, you know, established to be who they can be earlier. So for me, that's like that's my goal. Like I want young men, young women, my children, my nieces and nephews to feel, understand that early on they can be good with who they are. They can fight their own battles, and they can go after who they want to be and how they want to treat people. Because they don't need to be reactionary. They don't need to be listening to everybody. You know, just have love for self, love for God, and love others. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, something you spoke on that I feel like is especially important given our familial dynamic is fighting the giants or fighting the demons of those that came before you. You see what I'm saying? Um, I know for self that we definitely shared a lot of those difficulties when it came to our father's demons. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We know that we took that inherently. But what are some of the things that you purposely took from all the people that you mentioned, right? So you mentioned your stepfather, right? And what he imposed on you. Mm. But what did you take from him that you thought was real? And others in, in that same vein. Good or bad? Good. Okay, good. Like my stepfather, I really, he was like very adamant on being a gentleman. Like taking care of the women around you, you know, taking care of the people around you. Like showing love and care as much as he didn't <laughs> didn't do it right but he was like do this do that step walking the outside of the street when you're walking with a woman open the door for her open her car door like do all these things fire stuff you know show her that you love her you might not be able to express it as a man because he wasn't trained to but he was trained to do the things that showed love and so those are the things that he taught me was do at the action of love like alright I might not be, I might not be able to express it to you verbally or emotionally, but I'm going to do this. This is, this is the way I love you. Let me ask you this just as a quick, on top of that, with that said and understood, looking back, did you think he loved you? Yeah, I mean, if you would, yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, he probably, the way he wanted he did the best he could, you know, because he's a stepfather. He's coming in to, like, uh, assist. But I can't, I'm not even probably able to receive it from him because I'm just mad. And I always thought about this. Like, if I wasn't as an angry kid, and I'm probably have that angst towards him. Like, oh, you're not my father. And he's like, well, forget you then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, hey, I'm trying. Yeah. But, I mean, he was already hard, so, you know, but imagine. I'm not saying that it would change. I'm just saying, like, 
it didn't make it easy to have a relationship with a young boy because I imagine being a father a stepfather and uh, her son and having that angst towards me eventually you kind of stop trying to deal with them if you don't know how to fight through that you know what I mean 100% so yeah I would say I think he loved loved us for sure you know because he did what he did supposed to do right he cared for us he provided for us created an environment for us that we we didn't really have a lot of struggle I mean we struggled but it wasn't like like the bottom it wasn't as bad as it could be yeah for sure now I apologize because I definitely did disrupt that earlier question and I do want to circle back to that no I wanted to circle back to that so you gave me one example of someone that you looked up to and the things you took from them Mm -hmm. give me another example of somebody that you looked up to that you you wanted to emulate yeah my grandfather to this day like yeah to this day my grandfather the way I see my grandfather is much different than like my family because me coming in at my age, he was a lot softer than he was with all of them. And he was very, like, he communicated with me. He, like, he took time, he sat down. With them, they remember him being, like, he might talk to him, but he was very, like, hard. Got whooped for everything, you know what I mean? He was very strict. You know, he had issues. But when I came around, he was a lot softer. He had already recognized that a lot of these things weren't good. So then you know, maybe emotionally, I was probably a softer kid too, you know? So he was a little more gentle. Um, so, you know, I, the reason why I look up to him because I look at when we would have our family reunions, it was like, it was grandpa's place, grandpa's house. It was like this, man, everybody would come to grandpa's house every year, we'd come together. You could just see like a product of him, like the life. All my cousins, when they would get married, they'd come like, yo, look at my family. And he'd like bless it, you know what I'm saying? like. It was powerful. And so for me, like, I want that. You know, I want to grow up one day where, like, my family, you know, we have things. We have stuff because of the work, the hard work that I've done. Where they can come and be like, not I just to, your blessing. Yeah, like that, I, I, you know, I'm proud of you. Where I can continue to pour into them, you know. And and that's what I, that's why I look up to my grandfather. I learned a lot from him just in the short time we had as a teenager but he poured into me about things basically take care of my responsibilities you know if I don't have enough money you know the only things that matter is you pay your rent and get food if you can't pay the light bill the water it don't matter you got somewhere to stay you got food in your belly he's like and then the other things will come into play but you take care of your responsibilities and he said don't mess with home basically don't crap where you lay that lay part. your head so around work, don't there's no games around it. No, you ain't messing with nobody at your job, you know. No dating, none of that. Around where you live, none of that. No games. And then there was another one, like just through like friendships, like don't. Uh, that one didn't really <laughs> play out. But the first two, I took a lot, and I, I like to this day, I don't really, you know, mess with those kind of scenarios. I mean, and my uncle, I would say one more. Just like my uncle was very, to this day, is very impactful. Like, I learned how to, I guess, be cool with myself from him. He was always adamant, just being good with yourself. Like, the reason why I thought he was so cool, he would just say it's because he's himself. It's not that he's being cool because he's expressing an image that he was portraying and then I got to portray. He was like, no, I like the things I like, and I'm just going to love it no matter what. You think I'm cool, 
because I'm just being me. So just be you and people will think you're cool. Like people will relate to you, they'll connect to you. And it took me a while, <laughs> but like I learned those things from him and he would always just like, like I said before, pour into me and say like, yo, you're man enough, you're strong enough. Like, you know, you can do anything. You don't need to like, I guess is the point that I learned too. Like a lot of, like you said before, earlier, that man, the male identity is tied in women. Yeah. Right. And it's so bad. Like it's true. Right. Because women push us to be the best us, you know, that we can be a good woman can will push us and mold us, help mold us to be the best version of ourselves. It first starts with our mom. And then it goes into what we choose to be with or our wife. And then the other women too, right? Aunts, you know, cousins, you know, sisters. Just different aspects we can push us to be better. But um, he taught me about, like, you don't need a woman to prove that you're man enough. You're man enough within yourself. That you're strong enough within yourself. Once you become good with you, then you can be beneficial for her. So it's, it's that like power of, it's that cycle of power. Like, and that's what people say, like, you know, like Will Smith and them talk about all the time. Like your happiness is on you. My happiness is on me. Us coming together is like, us coming together is like, um, uh, it's just sharing of our love together. And it's more so like the interdependence. You're you're independent. I'm independent. Our interdependence is what makes our relationship and our marriage work. Because we're coming together. You're not dependent on me. I'm not dependent on you. We come together. It's like interdependence. And so he's another one. And then my stepfather, last one, I know going on. But like my stepfather, he um, he passed a couple years ago. One of my, another stepfather, he passed a couple of years ago and he, you know, helped me to see past the things I was taught, uh, like for my mom. That's really important. Yeah. From my mom, it was like, I was basically a man if I took care of my family and my family was my mom, my sister. And he was like, uh, I would always hear growing up, like in my young adult life that like, you can't be good. You can't be good to others until you're good for yourself, right? Uh, and I'm realizing it a lot now, but um, he taught me, I was under the impression my whole young adult life is that I needed to take care of my mom, my step, my sister. I needed to be the one to make sure they were good since I was 15. And he was like, yo, why do you think that? It's like, oh, you know, I was telling my grandfather, I gotta be like my grandfather. He's like, well, if you wanna be like him, this was his family. You all are his responsibility. You all fell under him. So you can't now replace him and take care of them because it's not your role. It's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is for those that will be under you once you start your family. And it was like cognitive dissonance at the time. I was like, yeah, right. Like, cause I was, my brain is trained that like, I need to do this for us. And then once I started to realize that I needed to take care of myself, get myself in good shape, then I can help y'all and be good for you. But I can't be good for you if I'm trying to be, take care of you like my grandfather or, you know what I'm saying? 
Oh yeah, totally. So that I had to, those were those are some <laughs> I guess impactful people. Because what I want to ask as a result of that, right? You mentioned a lot of different components of manhood inadvertently, right? Mm-hmm. It's the protection of others, and it's gentlemanlyhood, and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But let's dig in a little bit deeper, though. What is manhood? Oh, it's a great question. I mean, you hear it all the time. You take care of responsibilities, right? That's number one. I think just being an adult is taking care of responsibilities. Like that's how you go from adolescence to adulthood. Is you handle your responsibilities, just period, on your own. And so, being a man, like it's even that much more impactful if you don't handle your responsibilities. Everyone, it trickles down. Everyone around you is affected by it, whether you think it or not. But everyone around you is affected by you not handling your responsibilities. So responsibility is number one. Um, yeah, obviously provision. You know, you go on to work every day. Like, it's in the Bible. Like, you need to work. Or if you want to eat. You need to work if you want to eat. And basically, a lazy, you know, person is like evil. You know, like, you being lazy is very selfish. Because it's all about you. That's the heart that I take from that. Because it's it's, you're being lazy because you don't want to do it. So it's about you. Right. And so it should be about others. Like I'm working to do these things for other people. You know, my, that's my heart. And that's what I think men, uh, manhood is, is that it's not when you go to work, and you make your money. It's not about stacking your bread and, you know, building your bank account and then Chasing you floss in the world. Yeah. And then you showing the honeys you're trying to get to. That's not what manhood's about. Like I make this money to support and take care of my community. And that's what we need to do as men is like, it's our community that's at stake. And then, um, yeah, I think men need to express themselves, you know, emotionally. And then, um, give me more on that. What? On the men need to express themselves more. Cause I know that's a big piece of why we created, why you created follow than lead. So express on that. Yeah. Manhood, you know, is, I mean, you're, you're, Doing the actions, you know, we do these actions to uh, prove our manhood. Okay. You know, whether it's one, making money, you know, building our businesses, building our brands, building, uh, getting the 401ks or stocks, right? Like real estate, all these things to like build generational wealth, especially in our world nowadays, right? Legacy is really important. Um, So like to do, we're doing all of that. Right. And then we're, we're building with one another about, <clears throat> um, you know, how to make more money and how to do this, how to that, how to excel in your careers, you know, because that defines manhood, our careers, what we do, how much money we make. Right. Like clothes that we put on. That's like kind of like not the true definition, but like that. How, that's what society, that's how it operates. Right. But when it comes to the things that we really want, like we need to express ourselves. Because we're never just like me trying to figure out like what, um, how do I, how can I help myself? How can I learn how to be a man? It wasn't until I was allowing myself to be vulnerable with people, specifically men. Like, yo, how do I do this? Because I don't know how to do it. And then you go into relationships. Like, we're not going to get the things we need from our women until we express ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's our biggest fear. Because what if, what if I'm not man enough no more? What if she? But 
low key, not low key, but definitely like number one, that's what she needs from us because they take, you know, people say all the time, women are incubators, you know, they, they take something and then they evolve it, right? You give her a seed, she gives a baby. She gives it, you give her a house, she makes it a home, right? You give her an idea, there's a business, right? So like, if that's the case, if I give her my love or if I give her my fears, my worries, what is she going to do with those things? A good woman. <laughs> Let's that make part. it clear. Right? That part. A good woman is going to take that. So it, you know, we call her our rib, right? The Bible talks to her that she was taken from our rib, you know, and she was made. So if she's a rib, what does the rib do? It protects the internal organs, specifically the heart and the lungs, right? The heart is our pump. It pumps blood and the lungs gives us life. So if I don't give those things to her, I'm never going to get a human, like life, love, right? So that's like, I need to do that for you because it's like, I'm really doing it for you. I'm doing it for me because if I do it for you and you're a good woman, you're going to take that and like build around it and like protect me with your love now because I need your love. I need you to be love and like nurturing and caring. I need that from you. But you're going to do it to a level because it's natural. But that full blossom of the flower, it's, you're not, you're, it's a cat. You know, it's a budding flower that kind of buds a little bit. You can smell it, but it's, a not, it's not fully bloomed, you know, in her nurturing and her care for you and what you need. But once you start to get vulnerable and express yourself and fears, you know, then they can take that and bloom into a beautiful flower where you walk this love. Like, you can't wait to come home. You, like, you grab up on her, like, that back and forth. Things get hard, but, like, that back and forth, where I walk in, I want to grab you. What's up, girl? You know? Like, man, I had a hard day. I can't wait to get home and see my wife, though. (laughs) And I've heard it, you know? And so that's what I mean about, like, vulnerability or expression because on the other side of our fear is the thing that we want the most. Uh, And that's in life. You know, on the other side of the fears that of, um, you know, what career, not learning enough. The only thing that you do to learn is ask questions. <laughs> so we just ask questions to learn to be better, you know. And so manhood is all of these things, you know, and being there for one another as brothers, sharpening one another, pushing somebody, going to work every day, being consistent. You know, that's another thing that I learned, right? Protecting. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to challenge you. Right now, because I know just the person that I am, how I best learn. I like it simple, straight, direct. What I'm asking from you is in three sentences. What is manhood? Manhood is loving God uh, because he's the source, you know, of our lives. Uh, He molded and created us to be, um, to have dominion on earth and over everything. Okay. And dominion is like, yeah, taking everything under your care. Rule over, but let's not confuse rule over for. That's why I said it as in taking everything under your under care. care. Yes. Because ruling over and caring are different things. Connotation. Right. And so I want, I mean, my the way I see it is that everything, my community is under my care. Our community, right, is under our care. And so the second would be. Uh, I mean, work, working hard okay. right, and providing and taking care of those around you. Okay. And you have to work hard to do that. 
um, and then manhood in the third one. That's tough. Yeah, uh, it's it's really hard to explain it. And I would say the third one being just uh, loving others. Okay. Yeah, like because if I love you, I'm just gonna be like, yo, how you doing, bro? Because I'm willing to ask. I want to know. I want to know what's going on with you. How you doing? Right? Because that builds our community. It builds one another. It builds respect. And men, we need respect. And the only way to really get respect is to give it. That part. Yeah. And we need to, and that goes to that, like, knowing yourself. That goes to that, like, identity. Once you're good with yourself, I'm going to give, I'm going to move around life giving respect because that's just how I am. And then those that receive it, we're going to give it back. Those that don't receive it, they're not going to give it back. But that shows more of them than it does me. And so, yeah, that's manhood is just being consistent, being good with yourself and showing that to the world and doing what you need to do. Now, you spoke on something that I want to now. Now I got to ask you, okay. bro. Yeah. So who are you then? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. you had mentioned like, all right, this is these are the pieces of manhood. Because if I love you, you know what I'm saying? Then to that same vein, who is Ben Baines? Yeah. I mean, I'm a man that loves God for sure. I said that, you know, that's what man is, I think. You know, I really f- realize what my source is and my strength uh, and the power that I have to live, communicate, express myself uh, is through God. Like, you know, I know that God has, you know, I guess I just believe that he created the earth. You know, and that Christ came to save us, you know, and to be the example of what we need to be in life. And it's not the way that we know through churches, you know, because, you know, that's a lot of that's religion. And like Christ really came for us to learn how to be free, you know, and it, everything is that matter of the heart. Right. And it's the matter of our mind. And so if our mind is free from the things that are holding us back, the chains shackles we can move in love in any situation you know we have the ability to move in power you know through the, the i guess the, the spirit because we can move in power and love like no matter what and that's freedom so uh that's uh, that's where i'm moving and i feel like i'm learning that that's that's where i am so a man that loves god a man that loves his community you know that's proud to be you know a black man <laughs> right like and it's not like a joke, you know, because, you know, we're from, you know, different cultures. You know, our father's from Honduras, my mother's Haitian, my mother's mixed. Um, but to me, it, you know, you know, I think being uh, a black man is not, it's like a sense of like power. Yeah. You know, it's not like, okay, you from America, you from Africa. Like, you know, we all came from the same place just through different routes. But I think it's, you know, it's a sense like there's an energy that, you know, that flows through that should be embraced. And, I, and it, to me, it's more of a sense of like community, like we're connected. They're, you know, I don't want to say differently because I don't know the other experiences. I just know that we're connected. When I move and I see you, I see life. I see love. I see like power. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to show respect. That's who that's who I am. Like I, I see people in love and respect. I'm going to respect you. I'm going to love you. If you need something, I got you. If you need to talk, I'm here. You know, if I need to 
I'm, I'm going to reach out to you. Like, what's going on? And so I think that I, yeah, I love my family, love God, love my community. You know, I love my identity. Um, yeah, I think I, I would just far say it's like I'm a man of love. I can think of no better definition for the man I appreciate to be my older brother. <laughs> Straight like that. Yeah. I mean, real talk, that's that's the questions I have for you, but I have one more kind of like All follow right, let's up. Do it. Yeah, let's do it. One one more quick follow up question, man. Cause we got a young man in the building with us that's listening to all of this. Try to act like he's not. Try to act like he's not. <laughs> but for real, for real. We know we're recording this pod for people in the future to listen to. Yeah. Two sentences. What you want them to know. Listening to this pod that they're gonna get. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, number one, life is easier than you think it is. Real. Right. We make life a lot harder than it's supposed to be just because we want to be independent. We want to think we own it. We know it all. We got it. We don't. Nobody does. The oldest person that you might know is still learning, you know? And so, yeah, just with that, it's always be willing to continue to learn and receive from others because they, a lot of the times they really just want you to grow. Uh, and so that's one. All right. Life is easier than you think it is. Um, and two, communication is everything. Bro. Yeah, communication is everything. I think uh, healthy communication, I would preface, you know. Yeah. I say healthy, <laughs> healthy communication is everything just because it comes from a place of love and care. Like, I will communicate to you that, hey, I might not like this. If I got a basketball coach, he's illing. You know, like, hey, coach, like, you know, respect. I, I want to do this play, you know, but I just that you you that aggression. I don't it doesn't work. Sit well with me. Ideally, he would respect that and talk to you a little different. That's that's what it should be. That's what it should be. I mean, yeah, but it it just comes to I guess the essence of what I'm saying is that healthy communication is a healthy self-respect. You know, I have enough respect for me to know what I like, what I don't like. Sometimes you do have to deal with things that you don't. You know, you can't make everybody treat you a certain way. But you got to know how you want to be treated, how you want to treat others. Now, with that said, I think we're going to, I think this is a good spot to, to wrap. But I want all of our listeners to understand that here I followed and lead. The man that you just heard is the basis to everything we're going to grow from. So if you think that you can benefit from having better communication, from learning how to speak out of love, then I encourage you to listen in next week. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Follow and Lead podcast. You can reach us on social media at the email is followedinleadinc at gmail.com. Instagram, Follow Then Lead Podcast, and our Twitter is Follow Then Lead P. Until next time, take it easy. Word.